0: to the 15th episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast. This episode topic was something that we've been asked quite a few times by our listeners to do, so we're going to do it this episode. and We'll be discussing our thoughts and opinions on JavaScript frameworks. Before we get started, let's go around the table and give brief introductions of this episode's panelists. Derek,
1: do you want to start? Sure. Uh, my name is Derek Showers, and I am a Senior Software Engineer at
2: LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Augustus Yoon. I'm a Front End Engineer at Evernote.
1: And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm
0: a UI engineering manager at Netflix. In each of the episodes of our podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned, we will all take a drink. What word do we
1: decide today's episode would be? We're going we're gonna to mix things up a little bit and get a little crazy. JavaScript.
0: JavaScript. So each time we say the word JavaScript, we will all take a drink. All right, let's kick things off. And uh, actually, before we get too deep into the frameworks, I'm interested to know when we talk about JavaScript frameworks, cheers. What do you all think about? Like, what are the ones that come to mind? For me right away, I think of the big three, Ember, React, and Angular.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's worth mentioning in this conversation, jQuery um, and uh, Prototype and like kind of all the ones that used to used to be a lot more popular than right. they are now and often criticized now with just the, you know, the patterns that they kind of force people into. But, you know, they were definitely, I think, super, you know, before these newer frameworks came along, they were definitely what everyone was using.
0: No, I completely agree. Like jQuery is actually been probably one of the most important ones just because it has really brought things to the forefront and, you know, we use it for a long time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I also think of Backbone. I think that's also a huge one or like Marionette, which you can use with Backbone. I think the, that's pretty huge.
0: I remember like one of the first like ones after jQuery I used was Knockout mainly because it did data binding like so well. And I was like blown away by that. I was like, yes, this is so great. And then Backbone came along and we're like, oh my God, you can do so much more and switch
1: to a new framework. Definitely. It's also interesting to kind of go back and forth. I know we 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 plan on talking about some of this, but like just, you know, because Backbone is so unopinionated in nature that like after working, I work with Ember a lot at LinkedIn and like, after working with Ember and then going to Backbone, sometimes it's a little refreshing, you know, because it's like, you have to I mean, you have to write a lot more code to get things done, but uh, it's just kind of nice that you you can fully understand everything that's going on and there's no magic happening. You
0: know? Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I think actually, before we even get started, like you mentioned, LinkedIn
2: is using Ember. Augustus, what are you guys using at Evernote? Well, we use Google Web Toolkit for our Java. Um, so it's like a transpiler that takes Java and converts it into JavaScript. Um, GWT quit yeah quit quit um so yeah we've been using that for a bit but we have been looking into using react a lot more um and then the, actually there recently there are like some teams that were playing around with angular just, oh, like, nice. just like like angular
0: 2 or uh,
2: i think it's angular 1 and really they're just trying to take advantage of like the data biting and yeah. they're just making some like self-service like help helpful like applications internally but yeah primarily react for like actual production stuff we're definitely using like components um in production but like Using it like full, as a full framework, full fledged. Yeah, it's like still on. Well, I kind of like
0: that about React, though, is you don't have to just like put it everywhere. You can just put it with other things, too. Mm-hmm. So like if you are running GWT or jQuery is like you can run React like alongside of it.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And at Netflix, we're actually
2: very, very heavy React. When I think of like JavaScript frameworks, I always just go to to do MVC and I just look at all the different ones. And some of these I've like not even heard of like Troop.js. And require you. <laughs> I've never heard of that one. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. How many frameworks there yeah. are, which kind of makes sense of like why people kind of like are like, oh my god, like every year got to learn a new framework yeah. and stuff.
1: I uh I remember learning or when I was like first uh, uh learning web development, I had didn't really I wasn't really familiar with anything other than jQuery. So like I the, w- the company I was working for was using Prototype, and I was so confused because I was like. What is this prototype thing? Like I thought prototype was part of JavaScript. <laughs> why why is this a library and why is it it's so confusing?
0: Did they use it like quite a bit uh, yeah, throughout the code base? Yeah. yeah.
1: And then they were they were trying we were trying to switch everything over to jQuery, but uh, it was a uh, Oh, and then YUI, that that's actually Oh yeah, how
0: can we nice so. forget about Yahoo's uh YUI? We
1: actually still have that and it likes to go to LinkedIn. Really? Yeah.
0: Well they like deprecated it like fairly recent, like yeah, what? Yeah. Within this year, I yeah. believe. Like I can't remember the I exact remember, date. Yeah. yeah. Is that they're pretty much killing the project and no longer supporting it. I guess a good question for us is should you use a framework?
2: I think it depends. Yeah, I think, like, it depends. In, in general, like, if you're trying to build a large-scale application, it definitely will make sense, like, eventually. Like, I think, like, for very small-scale stuff, it's really hard to see the benefits of a framework, but, like, once you start trying to go large-scale, and then, like, you, it, like it really makes sense to just, like, split up your code. I also, like, when I started, I just did jQuery, um, and I would just make all my applications, like, very singleton-like. Everything's just shoved into one page. Or, 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 like, one JavaScript file or whatever, um, and then, like... But then, like, once I, like, started working at Evernote or working on other large, larger-scale applications or even looking at GitHub repos, it, like, makes a lot of sense to, like, split the, up that responsibility.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think maybe the question to ask is why would you not use a framework? Because... And I think there are reasons, but because I think, you know, if you ever want your application to scale to your point, like, it's, it's good to do that from the beginning, but um, I don't know. Do you guys have any ideas for why not to use a framework. I think maybe one is just size of, you know, extra extra code that you're loading if you're never going to use it.
0: Oh yeah, if you're not using a framework and you're only doing something very small, like why not vanilla JavaScript if it's just like, change me creating a menu or something like that, don't load an entire library or framework that you, don't necessarily need just for something small like a really small interaction but to me i think all in all the more often like even on some small projects they do scale they start to scale yeah exactly so it's like at what point do you choose to have a framework or just do some vanilla javascript like i think that's it's tough it's like but it comes at a cost too is you're loading extra for not necessarily needing it at that time
1: yeah speaking of uh, small like menu type things though is is i guess like, another good example would be if you're building some sort of like Module or or utility that other people are going to have to like include as part of their project that you probably don't want to have a dependency on like oh, yeah. you know even jQuery you know like I've already caught myself like writing uh you know like a, just a ES6 module or something and then it has a dependency on jQuery it's really hard to package together to you know and then you're forcing that why are you packaging jQuery with ES6. <laughs> Well, no, no, it had to depend, the code that I was writing had a dependency ah, gotcha. with jQuery. And I, depending on like what build tool you're using, some some are easier than others to, to like if you're using Webpack, I guess it's somewhat easy because you don't have to necessarily package it with your module, but right. if you're doing I mean, something like UMD and you need to have you know, support older um, people that are using older, not basically not using frameworks that you need to package it with. Having a framework
0: is really good because a lot of that code has been tested it's you know being used by fairly large companies And actually, even a lot of them like uh, React or uh, Angular having large companies behind it, like creating them. And I think a lot of those things, a lot of the problems have been solved. A lot of performance issues, a lot of those types of things that you're getting for free for using it. I think that's great. There's also a lot of documentation to learn. Uh, It's not something that you just have to like create on the fly or recreate. It's done for you and you can actually learn it fairly easily.
1: Yeah, actually, it's a really good point. I remember um, listening to a talk about why to use jQuery and one of their main points was exactly that, you know, like you can do pretty much everything you need to do, especially nowadays in regular JavaScript pretty easily, but everything in jQuery is uh, unit tested. And, you know, so you know that like what you, you don't have to necessarily check that it's working in every browser, even though that's not as much of an issue now, but even just little things, you know, you don't have to worry about that. You know, that that's, or you have to write your own unit tests and therefore write a lot more code. Yeah, you're you're saving some of your time by using the framework
0: because it's already a lot of that heavy lifting is already done for you. What about like for new new people? Like someone who's wanting to learn JavaScript. Cheers.
2: Cheers. <laughs> cheers, cheers.
0: But yeah, what what about someone who's wanting to start and learning? It is a framework a good idea to start with?
2: So I so what I will say is, and granted jQuery is not a framework, it's a library, but um, I will say, like, I think it's extremely beneficial to learn the fundamentals of JavaScript. And I'm just kind of speaking. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> you caught me. You caught me. I think um, we might have missed a couple of them. We definitely that, did. Okay. okay, we can do two or something. <laughs> yeah, or, so I think it's beneficial if people start off learning vanilla JavaScript. And I kind of speak from kind of how we were talking about jQuery, which is a library, not a framework, we can probably talk about that. Like, I remember in school, like, a lot of people would just kind of jump into jQuery and then not understand the f- fundamentals of JavaScript. So they would get, like, JavaScript errors, and it's because they weren't changing their JavaScript variables into j- jQuery objects. And they would just be like, why doesn't this have, like, all the functions that I need and stuff? And I feel like you just don't understand, like, how some things work. So it's really important that you do understand the fundamentals of vanilla JavaScript. But that being said, I don't think that should be a barrier for, like, starting projects, like, with a framework and stuff. I think it's important to learn the fundamentals. But then, like, I think it's totally okay to, like, even for very, very small projects, to use a framework to kind of set the foundation.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it does. It's tough, like, when you learn a framework to, like, I think there's a a lot of developers out there that are framework uh, dependent and i think that's bad for two reasons first i think you can get by and create some so if you if your job is just to prototype prototype stuff you're probably fine just knowing a framework but like once you get into s- to scaling things i think you really need to understand the the you know the what's going on behind the you know behind that framework no, and totally. the, and so even just like going through uh debugging it and and performance things like you just need to understand i think the the underlying javascript and what Cheers. it's doing and the other thing is i think it's also going to benefit you as a as a developer right because like if you just learn angular and you know nothing but angular you have now have limited yourself at least 33 percent, you know or much probably much more but like you've limited yourself to the amount of jobs that you can you can um move to
0: right but if you have the fundamentals then you're you're able to jump in on any framework it yeah, really exactly. doesn't matter at that point no that's that's actually a very good point yeah i think it's just like i've even seen it where even i've had it in interviews where people you know you ask a coding question and you think Hey, whatever it may be, and then it's like, Oh, well, I'll do that in Angular, but when you start prying into that more, it they're very dependent on Angular, and that sucks because like what happens if like a company switches frameworks like tomorrow that that's going to be a tough transition
1: for that engineer, not even just JavaScript either, like cheers, <laughs> uh, I think frameworks depending on the framework. Do uh they, they you become used to writing markup in that way and like I've I've been in interviews where the the interviewee will be like writing ng tags all all over the you know like an h just a simple like HTML question is like what no that's not HTML
2: <laughs> <laughs> actually you guys bring up a really good point like because there is I would say a lot of magic that's happening and so like kind of going to your point it, you do become a much stronger developer if you really know what's going on like and I think that is I, I we I definitely would encourage like you to understand what's going on, what the framework is actually doing.
0: I think that's the tough one with even something like Angular because it was, I feel like there's a low barrier to entry on that one. Like it's, it's really powerful. Like you can get something up and running like quickly and you're like, wow, it animates. It's like click menu shows up data binding. Everything is pretty impressive. And if you don't really understand how that's happening, I've seen problems in production where people have even tried to scale it, but not really understand what's going on behind the scenes. And it actually has really, really impacted the overall performance of the application. Uh, So I think you do have to be a little aware of what's going on. And I don't know, I feel like Angular was one that always kind of stuck with me as seeing more of that, I guess, in the community of people uh, learning is being stuck on something like Angular.
1: Yeah, and maybe and maybe that's okay. Like maybe it's okay to have junior people that are that are just you know not as familiar with the underlying javascript <laughs> <Just trying to laughs> cheers to say you're that. like <laughs> just trying to like yeah. i like screw it you know and because maybe maybe it's not even just a like maybe you have for instance somebody that's more on the side of design you know that's really good with with building interactions and building UI or prototyping
0: like I think that's
1: yeah yeah. like maybe Angular is probably pretty good for that and then you have senior people that are that are potentially you know taking a look at the performance implications or like when the tough bugs come up that you can't solve so I think there again it just depends on what you're trying to achieve because like maybe it is just like you're like I
0: just want to create something and then yeah, that that's perfectly okay. Like we don't need to go into this whole learning. It just depends what you want to learn and what you want to uh achieve at the end, at end of the day.
1: We should probably go back to that library versus framework no, thing though totally. cuz I know that's confusing. It's been confusing for me in the past and I always forget it, so I always have to like look it up. But <laughs> last time I looked it up on Stack Overflow, I think the like most popular answer is that a library is something that you call and a framework is something that calls you. Um so you know like in ember for instance and i think react is the same way in angular i'm sure you write methods that are called by the framework whereas a library like jquery you know you're calling all of those methods um but i've actually heard and i think in the same in this same stack overflow question um i've heard uh, react as uh being referred to as a library so i'm not sure
0: yeah i've i've heard that one lots too and i I feel like it, I can see why it's called that too. But there again, even calling framework library, I feel like they're so close. Like yeah. you're you're trying to achieve something similar yeah. at the end of the
1: day. Yeah, I guess like when, now, you know, well, with a lot of frameworks, you're getting libraries bundled in with them, right? Like I know, for instance, That's so true. Ember, you're getting a lot of utility methods. so you, So you wouldn't need to necessarily also include underscore because there's probably something in you know ember's library ember's framework code that will give you access to do you know what something that ember that uh, underscore could do but i guess that's not the case with everything you know i don't know does react have like utility methods and stuff that or would you also include lodash or underscore
0: you could add that as as separately like if you wanted to it'd be more on your discretion react doesn't need it but you could actually add it in
1: yeah i know you can i just like i know for instance with ember there's um, like debounce functionality and like the stuff that you get with with underscores kind of already include. There's a lot of like array methods and stuff that um, is a reason that you would include something like dash or underscore. I didn't know if React had,
0: but uh, like built in. Uh, not that I know of. Like behind the scenes, I'm n- I don't think so.
2: React does seem more like a framework to me because it is framing your, framing your work <laughs> no, i like your nice. definition <laughs> a lot <laughs> but yeah, you're like how, you know, <laughs> like, how can you argue with that yeah but yeah it's like a framework this stack overflow <laughs> will answer is bullshit we need the
1: coming come in and write yes, the real yes. answer
2: no but um but yeah it, it, it really is like kind of determining like how you are framing your project application like and you it, it's giving you a pattern exactly like to like follow and it's not like you can just like do whatever you want you kind of have to almost conform to, like, how they want you to, like, make it, which is a good thing. Like, they, like, have, like... I, I, di- I mean, I disagree a little bit in yeah, the sense that I, I find I, it...
0: I, yeah, you're kind of hinting at that, that, too, is that it's, like, it's a bit... Like, you, it has a bit of an opinion on how you should structure, yeah. but I think React is actually one that's very, very free to do a lot of your own uh, decision-making.
2: Yeah, I was actually... I just caught myself with that. And I was like, oh, uh, wait a second.
1: <laughs> so that's true. To your point, they still enforce things, like you know, immutable, like, properties and stuff. Like, there's certain core concepts. You're managing so props they, and state, yeah, and, like, yeah, there's certain things. In cer- the same way on things. every component. Yeah. But then yeah. how you piece that all together, I guess, is right. the flexibility
2: that it gives you. Yeah, because, like, a library doesn't, like, you could you could use jQuery with, with Angular or React if you really wanted, but it doesn't really change how you, like, structure the application in any way. But.
0: jQuery wasn't very opinionated at all. I think that was, like, one thing. It was very loosely defined, and you just yeah. got to use it. Yeah. Um, whereas Ember, that's one that always sticks out in my mind is very opinionated, which has its benefits. It really does. One, you can have like, I'm sure Derek, if you left LinkedIn to a company that was doing Ember, you're pretty much ramped up already. Like the code base stays very consistent across companies, which makes it really easy to move around, which is I think really cool. Cause even if I left Netflix tomorrow and went to a shop that did react as well, is they might do it completely different than we do at Netflix, and I think, yeah, some of the ramp up time might be a bit of a cost if you're using something like Re- React or Angular, but Ember is pretty much the same across the board. How do you like yeah, it, actually I writing think it's, most it's of it?
1: Interesting question because it I wasn't really involved in this, but just in hearing about the conversation on why we chose Ember, um, which happened probably about a year ago, and you know we considered React, we considered like Backbone jQuery, and we considered um, you know. I guess there's, I don't think we consider Angular, but, or Ember. And re- the, really the reason we went with Ember is for that reason. Like, first of all, we can have, we can hire people that are either Ember. On the Ember core team, or they're like, you know, senior developers, uh, somewhere else in another company, and they can come in and, and that's happened so many times, especially now where we're really trying to push the limits of, uh, so scale Ember to, to limits that it hasn't been scaled at before. You know, like we have these people that can come in and know immediately what the issues are, how to fix them, and then jump right in, you know, which is super helpful, but also internal mobility within an organization. Like that's really nice too, because you can now, you know, move between teams that are, and and even though they're completely different products, um, they're still using, they're still written the same way. So you can more easily, you know, before it was kind of like this product is, is written in a way that's completely different than this product over here. So like moving teams is almost like moving another job, you know, to another job. And Sure. Yeah. It's not just even necessarily time. having to
0: go to another company. It's like, no, just even moving another team. If they're using even similar framework, but written completely different, that can be yeah. a struggle.
1: And the other I'd say the other advantage too is is that like since you're writing core ember since we're writing core ember it's a lot easier to contribute back to the company or to the open source project because you're not not necessarily solving solutions that are we're not necessarily solving um, problems that are just unique to LinkedIn. We're solving them in a way that we can contribute back to the project, which is really cool. I mean, yeah. you can do that with react too. If you find something oh, okay. that's like any like if framework, it's in the, any yeah, framework
0: yeah. that you use, I think is a good idea to actually <laughs> submit back yeah. to it. If you improve it, you should put a pull request back.
1: But I guess, that, yeah, the only difference when you have a framework doing everything is that you're not adding layers of abstraction on top of it. That is what you're fixing. I mean, we are to an extent in some circumstances, but I just think that's really cool. But you know, on the flip side of that, you also have to deal with all the performance and and you know uh, issues that come along with an open source project, right? Sure. You know, and especially when you're when you're doing an open source project that hasn't been scaled to the way that it has you know before um, before we adopted it. So,
0: do you think there's any limitations to being that opinionated with a framework?
1: Um, I don't know. I think <laughs> I think it makes things. This uh, is also coming from the guy wearing an Ember shirt yeah. right now. <laughs> I think it's mostly good, but I do think it does come with. I think you know what kind of what we were we were talking about before is there is an environment that it promotes an environment where developers don't need to learn JavaScript; they need to learn Ember because it's you know sometimes so different than than JavaScript. So sometimes it's tough to find people that are good at both. And when there's when there's issues that come up and, you know, debugging and figuring that kind of stuff out. It's kind of tough because there's so much magic that happens with that type of thing that even if you're a good JavaScript developer, you know, like you really have to understand these abstractions that are abstracted for a reason. Oh, oh yeah, we totally uh, said JavaScript. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. I don't know. It's a tough question, but no, it is. Question. I think it, it's a really tough
0: question that I go back and forth on as well I think it comes down to some of the learning aspect I think I I completely agree but there's so many benefits too is like even that you talked about being able to jump between teams or whatever it is is it stays consistent but I always find uh, myself and I've said this multiple times and it's not because we write react at Netflix or anything like that and I love writing react I always tell people when they're first like wanting to learn like I've had a few friends that have started to learn JavaScript cheers (laughs) and they're like well and what framework should i look at and right away i i typically suggest react because i find that you're able to really really learn the fundamentals within
1: even using something like react that's just my opinion on no, it no i i i totally agree i mean sometimes there's 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 often i'll be thinking man it sucks writing ember because i'm i'm learning the the ember way yeah i'm i'm learning a framework i'm not necessarily learning like you know, for instance, I know React does a lot with uh ES6 classes and stuff, yeah. right? So like, you know, that's cool. Like Ember doesn't everything's a method in Ember, right? It's not it's not it doesn't give you that ability to write ES6. Although I think I think they're I think the have found that there are some performance concerns with writing everything the Ember way, you know. So like if you have state in your component, why not just use, you know, that doesn't that doesn't need binding and it doesn't go in the template, you know. Like, why not just use play JavaScript for that kind of stuff? So I think that's changing somewhat. But
0: but then React.
1: you could do a mix of that though too.
0: It's yeah, like you could kind of make those decisions when to use the framework yeah. and when not to.
1: Yeah, I think it's just when you have an opinionated framework, it's kind of like, you, especially when you start out as a framework. I think you're like, okay, do everything through like here's the documentation. Do everything the Ember way. Like that's the that's the joke that everyone uses with Ember, <laughs> right? but you can go too far and i think i think that the, the you know the core team's realizing that and i think that um there are measures being taken to move more towards what react's doing and you know just writing plain javascript and everything writing writing everything with the ember cheers you call i have to call you again <laughs> <laughs> cheers i mean i'm bad/good slash at this little Java, javascript okay <laughs> <cheers>. all right
2: <laughs> well we're yeah. having fun yeah, actually correct me if i'm wrong but I know Netflix, I think I went to a talk and they talked about how like when they were choosing to go react, they actually like, they didn't just like say, let's go react, they like actually rebuilt Netflix in like a bunch of different frameworks. Is that right? Or?
0: Yeah. And I mean, we didn't rebuild the entire like site or anything <laughs> like that. But yes, I actually took pieces of a site and built them in react jQuery and backbone and tried to understand performance, but also how does this work in our, our team? Because I think we haven't even really touched on that. But like, how do you work within a team? Is this something that we want to write and can really get behind? I think that's important too, is having engineers feel like they can be productive and really get their job done, I think is really important too in choosing that uh, framework or library.
2: Yeah, because actually like when you were saying like, if someone came to me and was like, oh, if like, I'm learning JavaScript, like that's awesome, oh damn <laughs> Gosh, did, gosh, diddly darn, gosh diddly darn, but if I'm learning JS, ha ha ha, um, I'm learning JS and you I needed to learn a system <laughs> trick them, and I needed to learn a framework. I would also probably tell them to learn React, but at the same time, I feel like, and this is something the front end community gets a lot of um, crap for, but it's like, I mean, there was a time when frameworks were just coming out, not coming up nonstop, there's like a new one a new one a new one and like, just being able to learn a framework is extremely valuable, so i i personally i personally feel like it doesn't truly matter where you start i would say maybe start with react because it's super hot right now and like there's a lot of jobs for it and so
1: yeah and no, i i totally agree actually i think that you know ember and angular are probably better to write when you already have a good knowledge of of javascript ah, cheers <laughs> we could also be using the word ECMAScript. <laughs> no i'd rather use javascript cheers <laughs> Um, Gosh. There's only three of us. It's got to make up for other yes. people. that. We're yeah, that. <laughs> exactly. We're drinking for more people here. Brian, Brian Holt's not here just to say it, to say it, you know? Yeah, true. But yeah, I mean, it's probably, you know, better. I think you're just going to be better at writing Ember and Angular and some of the more opinionated frameworks if you understand the. So if you're just learning, I'm like, I know Brian Holt does a really, uh, I helped him out with a class actually that he does. And it's like intro to ES6 and React just because it works so well together, you know, mm-hmm. learning Those two things. That one is a good course. How do you
2: introduce a framework to your team? Well, first, I want to say that it's important that you do and you don't just (laughs) jump in and say, hey, look, everybody, we're doing this framework. You mean you don't just like put in (laughs) pull requests and just surprise everyone? Surprise, we're we're going all all in. I guess it depends on what you're trying. Are you trying to rebuild your entire application in this framework or are you just starting a fresh one and you're just in the beginning of choosing? At least for us, like, when we were choosing to rebuild our web client, like, we're still, like, in the process of, like, rebuilding it in React. Like, we already had some insight into it because we took some parts of web client. And this is, like, one of the things I love about React. Like, you can take, like, certain parts of your website, just take make it into a component, start integrating it. And then, like, the team kind of has a, an idea of if they like it or not. And for us, it, like, it was like, hey, this is awesome. Like, we can just, like, kind of componentize everything and, like, stuff. So
1: Yeah, I think, like, any architectural decision or any decision even like getting some sort of buy-in before you present it to the whole team (laughs) is always a good thing like people just don't like surprise right um so like you know i I don't for me it's like just going around to the developers on the team and just you know talking about it and maybe yeah like you said like have some sort of like prototype and and like like a list of reasons why we should you know should be doing this and just kind of getting that individual buy-in because then you get also individual feedback because maybe maybe you're wrong. Right. Um, and, you know, it's <laughs> then you, you kind of realize that. And I think you re- realize that in a much better way if somebody tells you that in a one-on-one versus like an entire room of people saying this is the stupidest idea ever, you're just going to automatically fight back on that, right? Um, whereas if you get that individual feedback, you're going to make changes. And then you're also going to know how to like present it to the next person, to the next person, and then to the entire team, at that point will go a lot easier.
2: Well well, I actually really like how Netflix and and to be fair, like if you have the resources to do this, if you can get like engineers to like try out a bunch of different things. And like this is something that like I think every like company should be encouraging of their engineers, you know, to constantly innovate and try new things. Like if like you just give them the opportunity to just try stuff and then like present to the team like, hey, this is my these are my thoughts on like how like I felt like working with this then like i think that's like a really good way to kind of evaluate a framework yeah what not yeah and i
1: think there's also some level of just at the like after you've done all of that stuff that we just talked about i think there's also some level of you just you have to make the jump and do it you know like oh, yeah. cuz you could i i've seen the opposite happen where you just like just no one makes wants to make a decision cuz there's always going to be people that are against your idea right so like you just I guess just have to kind of make sure that you have the majority and then just at, at some point, just say, this is what we're going
0: to do. I think that's too, is like some point is you actually need to just put it in production. You yeah. really need to test it and actually get it out there. I think to me, that's not like the final decision isn't just talking about it. It's also putting it out there and evaluating how it actually does for your users. Yeah. I think that's important too, is like people actually using your website or application. What does that look like for them? And Also, get a feel for that on your team as like getting those pieces out there. Don't convert your entire code base. That is like the worst thing you can do is say, all right, we picked a new framework. We're going to go away for six months or a year, recreate it, and then put it out there. Like to me, it's like it's got to be a just get something out there quickly and learn from it and tweak it and kind of move in that direction. Whereas I feel like you can take that approach where you take your sweet ass time, go away, go build it. You're not putting any new features out. And then push it out and like you could really, I'm not a fan of that one.
1: Yeah, I guess you could also take the Brian approach and put it in production and go on a cruise. That, that <laughs> I'm okay
0: with actually putting in production, but you should be there to be like yeah, supporting it and making sure it's great. I believe actually Ryan Anklum was one of the first ones to introduce React at Netflix. Oh, yeah. And that was one thing he did. It was just he was playing with it for a feature he was doing. Put it into production, and there again, it was him like getting in this pull request and having to own that and taking the responsibility for it. But he was like, "All right, well, I'm going to try this and like see how that works." And now we're writing a lot of React, so yeah. that's good. I think you should be able to explore and take chances in a responsible way. Don't be stupid and just push something out and like not really pay attention or really think about that decision. But I think it is good to get some stuff in production.
2: No, I totally agree. And actually, actually, I think that does bring up a good point. Like cuz it is extremely difficult to just and definitely not recommended to rebuild the entire thing. If you can find like an isolated part of your application that could be like kind of sectioned off but like use a different stack then like maybe it makes sense to like try it out. Like if even if it's like a different completely different page or if it's just like a modal that you can just like make a component, like I think that's like a really good way to like start dipping your toes into the water and then like people can kind of get a sense of like hey like does this like make sense for us and like is this how we want to like start going moving forward?
0: Yeah. And I think like pro- prototyping is a good idea too, is like, you know, tr- try build small little pieces and really get a feel for it. Get people on your team trying it and really to have that discussion of, is this something that we can use and leverage? Because I think that's important too. It's uh, how you actually code together.
1: <laughs> What's the best way to learn a framework? Yeah, I think this ties into something that I wanted to talk about. And so I will say that having... Great documentation. Having a framework that has good documentation is pretty important, you know. There's that and a and a good community behind it, because then you are able to learn from others easier, you know. Versus you're starting out on some framework that had only five people are using. It's kind of tough because you have to ask five people those questions that you have about <laughs> the framework, right? You know, you're going to get answers immediately on Stack Overflow. You're probably not even going to have to ask questions because there's probably already the questions been asked. You can just asked, Google it and. Um, You know, but like, I know one thing that Ember has, has done, which I really appreciate is they have, they split their core team out into three different sections. So they have Ember data, Ember CLI, and then they have Ember, I don't know what they call it, but it's basically all about like teaching new people and documentation. So they have core team members that are solely responsible for that. So whether that includes, I think it includes like organizing meetups and definitely the guides.emberjs.com and stuff like that. They're, they're in charge of managing all of that. So I think it's cool that to see that they've put emphasis on documentation and, and, uh, you know, getting new people the right information to get up and running. I also feel like
0: new people are the best people to write documentation too, is they're going through it and they're finding able to understand and learn as they're going and getting set up. And I think sometimes they're the best people to write yeah. documentation. Uh, so that's always good. If you're ever trying something like submit a pull request to fix the documentation.
1: Yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah. And then you can say that you're contributing to the project and you know you are. Absolutely. Because yeah, you're just helping others learn basically. I think it's also just helps you build a better framework, right? Because you're writing documentation, you're forced to write documentation in a way that everybody can understand it. So you're forced, like I think sometimes a lot of the things that are difficult about a framework are these nuances that you don't think about because you just think that they're everyone just knows that that's the, that's the thing to do. Like for instance, side tangent, but I was, I was um, adding a linter to Atom, and you need like a linter for ESLint, but then you also need this, you also need like a linter package to install. Right. And so like, it's nowhere in their read, they have these, this very like detailed documentation on how to install this like thing and how to get everything set up and what like your ESLint RC file and like all that stuff. But there's nowhere that mentions that you have to have a linter, like a base linter package installed, just because they're assuming that you just know that, you know, that you already and have probably. that or that you knew that, but it's that and little detail are are probably like thinking I'm an idiot because I didn't know that, but that's fine. Um. But, those are,
0: no, but those are the things that happen
1: to us on but a yeah. daily basis. But when it you're writing happen. that documentation, I think you, uh, in this case, that didn't happen. But, um, you know, normally <laughs> you, uh, you would think, oh, you know, like this is something that we should probably either include in the documentation or like rewrite in the framework to make it more intuitive.
0: I also think the best way to learn in my mind is build something, Yeah. really build something with it and test the features on it to really understand, is this like something that will be right for my project or my team? It's just like, that's to me is always the best way to learn. I don't like reading documentation. It is helpful, but I hate it. I'd rather just get into it.
1: Yeah, I guess for me, it's not about reading the documentation before getting started i mean sometimes i do i guess it just depends but like it's for me it's like if i do what you're saying ryan and like we'll you know sit sit down and just get right into it i want to understand um i want to be able to understand like why something's working the way it is you know and and so it's not necessarily like pre-reading it's it's okay i've run into this issue But I can't find any documentation on why this is happening the way it is, you know.
2: I I think, like, I guess people are different in how, like, some people like to dive in. Some people like to, like, read up and really understand how everything works and stuff. I think, like, I personally also like to dive in. And I I think it's, like, important to try to build something from scratch. But actually, like, also, like, kind of going with, like, even contributing to documentation. Like, contributing to open source projects is, like, a really awesome way to learn a framework. Like, I haven't done a lot of Ember, but um, there's this, like, nodejs blog framework that's trying to be like wordpress called ghost mm-hmm. which is really cool and they use ember and like i made a pr I, it was really simple just added a little test but I, it was like really cool to yeah. like see how like it works and like it kind of gives you a sense of like how like the app will sc- like the framework will scale like yeah. and it's really really interesting
1: that and not even if you don't want to to open pull requests, because sometimes that can be intimidating, especially on a huge framework like, like Ember or React, but even opening issues, I think, is, is a great way to learn because then it forces you to think about what you're asking, to, right, because you don't want to write something that's not really an issue. But also they will, you know, the project owners will want you to have some sort of like replication and, you know, like, and and pull it outside of the context of the app that you're working in and, you know, and, so it's, it's, and see if you can replicate it that way. Like, it's just a really good opportunity to learn. And you're not actually changing any code, but you're doing something that's maybe even more important if you find a bug.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's good. And also there's any of these popular frameworks. There's like great video tutorials on YouTube. There's amazing courses on things like front-end masters egghead io like plural site oh sorry (laughs) missing the linkedin one (laughs) lynda.com there's all these sites that are out there or amazing blogs that explain and and really go through those details which i think is amazing and i think that's also another reason why i'm always like well yeah you should use a framework because there's a ton of a ton of people out there doing the same thing and you can learn from them. They're they're making the mistakes before you, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but even if you are the one that makes a mistake or finds something that can improve performance, share that, share it with the community. And I think that's super important. Yeah, I agree. I think going back to it is community. Mm-hmm. How important is, like, in my mind, it's super important, but I would love to understand, like, how important is a good community for a framework and what makes a good community around a framework?
2: This is actually one of the reasons, like, I like the the part of, like, contributing to open source because there are a lot of good communities out there like i know Ghost, they have like and actually this is like a huge thing now like a lot of open source um like projects are like making slack channels or getters or like you can communicate with like the community of people who are actually working and building on the project and they're like super like inviting and friendly that's what
1: I think. That's what I think <laughs> makes a good community yeah. is people that are friendly. That, you know, people will ask the wrong questions. And actually, Yehuda talks about this in a podcast I was listening to, another one. I think it was maybe on the JS Jabber one, but it's like, don't treat people like they're idiots. You know, like they're, they're asking, they want to do the right thing, right. you know? And, uh, you know, sometimes I get frustrated with people that don't do any research before asking the question. But, you know, that aside, even if they're asking the wrong question, try to understand what as as a community, like as a community leader, like try to understand what question you're actually asking instead of just saying, You're, you know, <laughs> you're an idiot uh, and trolling them. Sometimes when you get asked a bunch of those questions,
0: maybe something wasn't that clear. Yeah, exactly. You're you're too close to the project sometimes. So if you're working on one yep. of those frameworks, and you get an issue, then it's like asking a question, you're kind of confused. Well, maybe it was confusing. Maybe you weren't clear on how that API works or, and it wasn't clear, whatever it may be. And, and so that's, you know, it's always good to be nice to that person too, and not just treat them like an asshole. Yeah.
1: The one thing, one really cool story is, so Ember has a Slack channel. If you're writing any Ember, I suggest going in there because they're super helpful. And Actually, one of the core contributors, I was like asking a question about testing a testing issue I was I was having, and he like was like responding to me. I think he was like taking off on a flight or something, but he was like on his phone responding, like trying to help me out with my issue, which is really cool, you know, especially coming from somebody that knows a lot about the frameworks. So.
0: Yeah. And I also think a popular framework is good. I think the more, the bigger the community is around it, the better it really is for the framework. Comes with some negativities there for sure. But I think there's also a lot of positives in the, the strength and numbers is actually makes it people are helping build that framework, whether it be giving talks at conferences, Writing blog posts, making video tutorials, teaching people in community, uh, submitting pull requests to fix things—all that kind of aspect is, I think, important. Having a popular framework is makes your choice a little bit easier in a company using it.
1: Yeah, and even just test, even knowing it's going to work at scale, like that's another big piece. That if you have a small framework that's only been used for small things, non-production things, then you know, if you ever want to scale that, you're going to have issues.
0: Yeah. I think it's important when you have large companies like LinkedIn, Evernote, Netflix using these, it's important to like say, oh, well, they're actually hopefully we're solving those problems before other people have to deal with them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at React, you know, obviously, obviously, since Facebook is using React, you can be pretty assured that it's that you're not going to be building anything that's too much more <laughs> scale than Facebook. Yeah, I think Facebook people use that, right? Yeah, there's like a few people that use that. Yeah.
0: Do you find too, is like someone like Facebook or, well, let's, yeah, Facebook creating React are they just creating that for their own purposes? And do do you think it fits everyone's purpose? If that's like building an application, are you building it? If you're building another Facebook, then probably it does make sense. But does it make sense for a completely different application?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's an interesting, interesting question, though. Actually, I think is another reason that maybe LinkedIn went down the Ember path is just that it's it's interesting having a framework that's managed by a company right just for i think for a couple of reasons one like the primary reason being all your core contributors are working for that company so like yeah i just think it's an interesting distinction and i don't know at some point maybe it's it, obviously the advantage is that you're writing your framework t- so that it works for your, your your circumstance and then that's obviously a good thing if you know, in the in the example of Facebook, and they're writing a framework that's actually going to work, and not just something that people can use.
0: They've created a solution for themselves, yeah. and instead of instead of hoarding that and being like, "Yeah, this is just for us, and this works awesome," yeah, I should is, probably share yeah. this with the community.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, and I I also want to say like I I totally love how companies. I don't I don't know if it's like maybe a more recent thing, but I, I think like it's awesome when come like companies do that. They just like open source like their solution to like a problem that like probably a lot of companies are facing or and, or well and i guess react i would say it's like kind of redefining how we like did certain things like for like for how we made web applications and stuff And i thought it was like it's really awesome how they like kind of open source it because it gives them a lot of benefit too in the sense that like the community now is like there can and they can like kind of point out problems if they need they want and then like they can like try to address some and stuff
0: also often. I
1: think it in- encourages people to go work there yeah that's They're like, just gonna say. yeah like that to like, me is a huge... because there's people huger... that will only work on like frameworks right <laughs> like there's just people out there that just that's that's what they want to do is, is build like contribute back to open source projects and build frameworks and some really good people so like if you're going to pay people to do that
0: why not have them at your company yeah. that's <laughs> so
2: true
1: Well, I think that pretty much wraps up today's
0: episode. As we wrap up the episode, let's go around the table and share our picks for this episode. Derek, what do you have for us?
1: All right, I got three, but they're going to be quick, and there's only three of us. So So the first one is is really stupid, but I kind of want to buy it. It's called Fidget Cube. It's a Kickstarter, and it's basically just like a cube that has a bunch of different buttons and dials and switches on it. And And do they do anything? They don't do anything. So do you have to like program it to do certain no, things? No, there's literally nothing to it. It's just a way, it's just something that you have in your hands and you can just move dials and it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I thought this was a whole... No,
0: this Do isn't. it yourself, like build some component. Uh, oh man. This is nothing more than a
1: fidget cube.
2: Interesting.
1: You've you've blown my mind. <laughs> the second pick I have, uh, I feel like I have to mention because I think it's really cool and the team that put this together did a really good job is the our, LinkedIn's new publishing platform. So... If you didn't know, LinkedIn has a publishing platform similar to Medium and uh, allows you to publish articles on LinkedIn. So they have a brand new experience. It's all written in Ember. Um, Very cool. uh, Did you work on it? I did not work on it. Ah, (laughs) But I know the team that did and a very talented group of people. And uh, it's a really cool product. So check it out. And then the third one uh, I just thought about because we were talking about it before we started recording is the movie Sully. I went to see it on Friday night. At Alamo Draft House, which is also could be another pick for another episode. But um <laughs> doesn't matter what movie you're seeing, Alamo <laughs> yeah, Draft Yeah, everything's very... gonna be awesome there. But a uh, really good movie. Any Tom Hanks movie, in my opinion, is a good movie. But this one also has airplanes in it, which I like airplanes, so airplanes and Tom Hanks equals winner. Nice. Yeah, it's definitely on my list to see. <laughs> Augustus.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh I have two. One is the AMP project by Google. It's the uh, AMP for accelerated mobile. Pages, um, it's pretty interesting. Like, this you can write app HTML, and it'll be accelerated for mobile and stuff. So, I was just looking at it, and it has like a GitHub, and has a pretty, like, it's it's pretty well defined. So, like, I, I think it's worth checking out if you want to. That's fairly if, if new, guys, isn't it? Is, is it new? I, I, I don't I'm know. not sure. I stumbled uh, upon it and I was been, like, hmm. it's been
1: like a year. I know, um, like, Paul Irish had a lot of input Ooh. in it and stuff because it's a Google thing. Um, actually, we I just noticed in the LinkedIn mobile app. There's now a uh, distinction at the bottom of the like the feed card um, that will say if it's an AMP. Um, oh, and so like it, it's kind of like Facebook's instant articles; they like pop up right away. But it's like we didn't build AMP; but it just put a like a designation. <laughs> so LinkedIn is using AMP then? Not using AMP; it just basically tells you if that article is using AMP, so that gotcha. you, uh, will hopefully encourage you or help users to to. Differentiate that, so they know oh, this is going to be super fast when I pull this up, and it's not going to have. Because the other cool thing is they have a lot of requirements around how ads work. Like ads have to all be deferred, um, in that in the, the app project, which is super nice. So you know you're not going to like That's click awesome. an article and get this like modal right in your face. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow, I'm even more impressed with my pick now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, the other one's more of a fun one. It's called Doodles TV. It's like I guess it's just a cute YouTube channel where you can um submit your kids' drawings, and I guess these animators who are kind of bored they like will take your drawing and animate it and just make it do cute stuff and like i get it was like really cute there's like this kid who's like watching his drawing come to life so i think this one like for people who have kids and stuff i think it's pretty cute
0: that's awesome i'm, I'm interested to check it out on the whole scheme of today's episode i chose a egghead io video it is the react in seven minutes i feel like honestly i've I wrote React before ever watching this video, but I do feel it does a really good job explaining how to write React. It's a free video tutorial on egghead.io, and it's done by John Lidenquist, and uh, he does a really great job, honestly, explaining React in seven minutes, so I would definitely check that out. My second pick is MacUp. It is a way to back up all your dot .files to Dropbox. The reason I started using it, well, one, I should always, like, it's such a great thing to use, but I started using Vim and I had took me so long to get all the like plugins and everything set up. And I'm sure I'm going to add more, but my Vim RC file, I do not really want to le- lose and I want it to stay consistent because if I have to, you know, reformat or anything like that, I want it there. And yeah, Mac up uh, is a good one to try.
1: That's also really good for if you have multiple machines, probably too, right? I feel like it would because it would all it should all that's sync like up. My I have biggest problem with having like multiple laptops. That's why I don't use multiple laptops to be honest. I just <laughs> use my work computer for everything because it's such a pain. You know, I like used to do it. I used
0: to do like where I'd have a personal MacBook and a work MacBook, and I would try and keep the things in sync, but it was so difficult i I think this could help but i still think it's it's really difficult i almost use one laptop i rarely use my personal one it's usually just i'm on my work one and that's what i use so where can everyone get in touch with you derek
1: you want my address or street address (laughs) Uh, an address (laughs) come uh, knock on derek's door (laughs) tell him how you uh want to hang out and talk ember man good thing we have uh security anyway um at derek showers on twitter
2: uh, you can reach me, Augustus, you um, at augberto A-U-G-B-U-R-T-O at Twitter.
0: And I'm on Twitter at Burgess D. Ryan. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. We appreciate all the great feedback we've received. It's helped motivate us to keep creating new episodes. Make sure to rate us on iTunes and Google Play and subscribe to Frontend Happy Hour on your favorite podcast catcher. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Frontend
2: JavaScript.
0: <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.